listening to the True Idaho News Podcast. Unfiltered news and opinion for the citizens of Idaho. Hello and welcome to the True Idaho News Podcast for the 29th of November. This is Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. I'll be your host when we talk about issues facing Idaho. We'll be talking about some of the stuff going on in the uh, Republican Central Committees in various counties. We're going to talk about Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan a little bit. Some things are being said about her. Whether you're for her or against her, I think you'll find some of what's being said to be unethical. And then we're going to talk a little bit about this COVID situation. Of course, you know, it's kind of the, the gift that keeps on giving. Just can't seem to stop talking about it. And so we're going to address some of the issues, especially with the uh, new uh, Omicron variant. If you're talking Delta variant, that's old news. All that and more on today's show. By the way, our show is sponsored by Picture Perfect Window Cleaning. Uh, Tom Lopak, owner of Picture Perfect, is a triple diamond supporter of True Idaho News. If you go to trueidahonews.com slash support, you can support this podcast and what we do at True Idaho News. And uh, Tom is a triple diamond supporter. And if you're one of those, you automatically become a sponsor of the podcast. So if you have a business or if you want to support a nonprofit and give them a shout out, or if you just want to get your own name put out there, become a triple diamond supporter of True Idaho News. Just go to trueidahonews.com slash support. Picture perfect window cleaning. What do they do? They will clean your windows. They're very good at it. Tom is actually the number two rated window washer in the country. And he's right here in Boise, Idaho. He does window cleaning, his company does gutter cleaning, screen repair, power washing, and this time of year, they also hang Christmas lights for you. So if you're looking to get those windows clean before your upcoming Christmas parties, give Tom a call at 208-401-6265. He does his work in the Treasure Valley. He also does work in McCall, uh, some Magic Valley stuff. You schedule that with Tom at that phone number, 208 401 6265. You can also look up his website, windowcleaningboise.com. He is a person who shares the values that we talk about here on True Idaho News Podcast. So if you like these values, you want to do business with somebody like that, give Tom a call, 208-401-6265. All right, I want to jump into this uh, kind of a weird set of events happening in some of the central committees in the state. Uh, for those who don't know, and, and it's very common for people not to know, and I didn't learn this until recently in my life, just the past five years or so. But there are these things called precinct committeemen. And a lot of folks have never even heard of them. And that's a shame. It means we're not teaching civics very well in our schools. But you have an elected representative who represents your, your district, your legislative district in the state. And that district is divided up into precincts. So when you go to vote, you go to your precinct polling location. Well, each precinct also has an elected person for your party, and that person is called a precinct committeeman. Whether it's male or female, doesn't matter. Democrats have precinct committeemen. Republicans have precinct committeemen. When someone decides to run for that position, uh, you don't run against someone from the opposite party. You run for a Republican precinct committeeman. You only run against other Republicans, and then you get elected. You can also get appointed, by the way, if there's a vacancy. But the idea here is to get someone to be a liaison between your elected representative at the state house, your state representatives, and you. That's the role of a precinct committeeman. And each county has a central committee of precinct committeemen. 
So all the precinct committeemen in Canyon County are going to get together for the Canyon County Republican Central Committee. And all the Republicans in Bannock County are going to be gathering for their Bannock County Republican Central Committee. Ada County, same thing. Bonner County, same thing. Doesn't matter. So every county has their own precinct committeemen. And then those precinct committeemen will then vote to who's the chair of that central committee. And they vote on who the district chairs are. And they even vote for who the state chair is going to be. In our case, that would be Tom Luna. So a little bit of, uh, shall we say, stirring of the pot in Canyon County is happening as we speak. Turns out that the people who have been in the leadership positions in Canyon County, I'm told that they have been spending money without getting approval from the rest of the central committee. Not that what they've been doing is spending the money on frivolous things, but they're just not getting approval on things. And that's out of policy. That's out of procedures. They've been doing other things that have not been following the rules and the bylaws of the committee as well. And so there was a meeting out there and people voted to dissolve the current leadership board and to install a temporary board. Well, that's causing a little bit of a flux out there because most of the people who are on the who were on that leadership team are what you and I might refer to as establishment Republicans. These are people who don't necessarily follow and adhere to the constitutional principles set forth by our founders. We talked about this on the last show. I mean, you got uh, Sarah Cheney out there, her husband, uh, Greg Cheney, who is a representative, and Greg Cheney has refused to put his name to a, pi- a paper that says that he will support the Idaho Republican Party platform. Same with Scott Syme out there. And Patty Syme happens to be the, or was the chair of that committee. So they've got this temporary committee in there now. And their the former leadership has gone to Tom Luna and they've said, this is wrong. And Tom came out and said, yes, this is wrong. Except Tom hasn't been able to prove that it was wrong because they went to the parliamentarians before they did this action And they said, yep, this is the way the bylaws work. We're following the rules. And everything was done according to the rules, according to what I've been told. So uh, all that's in flux. We'll keep you apprised of what's happening out there. But you talk about uh, people trying to split the party. Let's talk about people not following party rules. And then, thankfully, someone's deciding to call them on it uh, because we have rules in place for a reason. And so the people who are elected to serve in leadership roles should be following the rules, not just acting unilaterally, which is what, like I said, I've been told it has been going on out there. So that's Canyon County. Up north, we have Kootenai County. And as you may recall, we had recently this uh, legislative vote to censure Representative Priscilla Giddings for something that she did not do. And I actually wrote a piece about this in True Idaho News, I did an op-ed talking about how we have 49 people who basically voted for a lie. And I'll let you go and read that. I'm not going to rehash all of that. But what happened in Kootenai County was the precinct committeeman up there, the, the central committee in Kootenai County, passed a resolution this past week to condemn the 49 Idaho legislators who voted to censure Priscilla Giddings. Not only that, Uh, They voted to give her $3,000 for her campaign, which is kind of a rub to Scott Bedke, who is the Speaker of the House and is also running for lieutenant governor seat. 
So I think they, you know, people are seeing through of the facade and all the unethical things that really happened there this past year with the quote unquote ethics committee. Uh, lots of stuff has been published about that at True Idaho News and other, other of the conservative independent sites. But in this article that we have about Kootenai County, we were sure to include some bullet points that talks about, I guess you could call them conflicts of interest. Per Idaho code, that's the rules, right? The Speaker of the House, he is the person who has sole authorization to say how money gets spent from the House Legal Fund. Scott Bedke is that speaker. More than 60,000 of your taxpayer dollars were spent from the House Legal Fund on this committee's investigation into Priscilla Giddings. And isn't it interesting that Bedke is going to be Priscilla Giddings' opponent? Whether or not they had officially declared is kind of a moot point because everybody down there knew that both Bedke and Giddings were going to be running for that position. So Brent Crane can cry, I didn't know all he wants, but I've got legislators telling me they will testify that they know that he knew that Bedke was going to run. So uh, you can take that for what it's worth. So authorization of that money comes from Bedke, spent by the committee. And where is that money spent? Well, Holland and Hart is a law firm in Boise, and it's commonly known down at the state house as Bedke's go-to law firm. When he wants something done legally with the house, he tends to go to Holland and Hart. So they make a lot of money from work that Bedke passes their way. Isn't it interesting that that was the law firm chosen by the ethics committee to help with this investigation of Giddings? And there's also data we have, and we linked to this in the piece here about Kootenai County, that Holland and Hart donated to Bedke's reelection campaign. So this just reeks of conflict of interest. It, it, I'm not making any out and out accusations. I'm just saying, if nothing else, the appearance of impropriety should have caused Holland and Hart to recuse themselves and say, you know what, we probably shouldn't take this case. And then there's the, the story of these committee chairs. We've got Brent Crane and Sage Dixon, who are appointed by Scott Bedke to be chairs of other committees. They also happen to sit on the Ethics Committee. In fact, Sage Dixon happens to chair the Ethics Committee. Both of these guys are in powerful positions that serve at the pleasure of the Speaker, Scott Bedke. Again, could this be a little bit of a conflict of interest? These guys can say all they want, that did not influence their decisions or their actions. But you know what? I'm a certified behavioral analyst and I'm a certified motivational analyst. And I can point to these guys and go, yeah, even the appearance of impropriety, my friends, should have caused these guys to say, yeah, I probably shouldn't be involved in this situation. And we should also note that prior to Bedke becoming speaker, committee chairs were not to be selected to serve on the House Ethics Committee. It was when Bedke was in the speakership that that policy changed. Again, just the appearance here, if it all feels a little bit unethical. All these links are in the, in the story. You can go to True Idaho News, read that. We also include the wording of the Kootenai County Republican Central Committee's resolution condemning these legislators. You can read that in total there. And, and while I'm talking about the Idaho House and things going on over there. We've got these, you know, we've got McGeehan and Ammon Bundy and Ed Humphreys are kind of like the big three running for replace, uh, running to challenge uh, Brad Little for governorship. 
And I've seen something floating through social media from time to time, and it kind of bothers me. I want to touch on it here. Uh, this is a letter that people are sharing. And when I read it, it's it makes me sad that people are, are ignorant. And whether you agree with Janice McGeehan or not, whether you support her or not, does not matter here. What I'm talking about is the ethics and the integrity of this statement. Let me read this to you. It says, I would personally never vote for Janice McKeon for governor of Idaho under any circumstance. She simply does not deserve anybody's vote. Let me sum it up for you in one simple statement. When the greatest violation of constitutional rights took place in the history of America and the state of Idaho, Janice was the number two executive and constitutional officer in the state, and she did absolutely nothing about it, period. Janice should forever be known as Janice Do-Nothing McGeehan because nothing is exactly what she did when she was needed most. And I read that and I go, this is politics at its worst. This is intellectually dishonest. Any intellectually honest person would know that as Lieutenant Governor, Janice McKeon does not have a lot of power. The number two constitutional officer in the state, yes but that position has zero authority to make policy. So to say that she did nothing is disingenuous at best. I happen to know after having a conversation with her that Brad Little cut her out of conversations because he knew that she was standing up for the people and he didn't wanna hear anything of it. He wanted to institute all of his policies from the National Governors Association who, by the way, are basically puppets to the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization. If you doubt me, go look at the writings. Don't believe me. Go look at the written agreements between the National Governors Association and the World Economic Forum. And you should know that the, that the National Governors Association is a private club. You and I cannot request, with a Freedom of Information Act request, the minutes of their meetings. It's a private club, paid for, by the way, with our tax dollars. Yes, 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 our tax dollars pay for Brad's membership in a private club, but that's beside the point. Here is Brad Little instituting policies that are promulgated by the National Governors Association, and he cuts Janice McGeehan out of the conversation, does not consult her on anything. He knows that she's against what he's trying to do. Here's what she did do. When she had the legal authority to do something, she did it. When he leaves the state, she becomes the acting governor clearly in the constitution. She signs executive orders saying no masks, no masks in schools. She puts her neck out on the line. She gets excoriated by Iaki and the, the Iaki loving media. And she acts within the bounds of the law. She did what was her right to do when she was given the opportunity to do so. And I would say this about anybody in that office. All I'm doing is saying Janice McKeon in the number two executive slot of the state that position by itself, as constitutionally said, has very little power. She acted when she had power. And for people to say this about her is disingenuous, intellectually dishonest. And I am ashamed of people for passing this around and saying these kind of things. It's just intellectually not honest. Please be intellectually honest in our politics. Speaking of which, let me shift a little bit to our other side of the coin, the Democrat Party. We have for years enjoyed a state that has been quarantined by the Democrat National Committee. The Democrats nationally have quarantined Idaho for years, saying we're not going to put any money into Idaho. You guys are too Republican. 
Any money we put in there, it's just a waste of money. We're not going to flush it down the drain. No, no, no. Well, I happen to have friends on both sides of the political aisle. And my Democrat friends are telling me that the Democrat National Committee is pouring money into Idaho this year, millions of dollars into campaigns to try to get school board seats and city council seats. So conservatives, it's not just about pushing back against the establishment Republicans anymore. And once you get a nomination in the primary, your fight's going to be a lot harder because the Democrats are pouring money into this state. We are a constitutional republic founded on Judeo-Christian principles. I quote John Adams, who was very involved in the creation of this country, signing the Declaration or the Constitution. The dude knows what the country was supposed to be. And John Adams, while a sitting president, wrote that our form of government was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And in that day, Back in the day, 200 plus years ago, the word religion was a synonym for Christian denomination. So if I met you on the street, we're having a conversation. I ask you what religion you are. I'm not asking whether you're a Buddhist or a Muslim or a Christian. I'm asking you, are you a Presbyterian or a Baptist or a Congregationalist? It's a Christian denomination. That was the synonym of the day. So when John Adams writes, our constitution was made for a moral and religious people, he's talking about people who, who acknowledge the Lord and Savior of the universe. That's the type of constitution we have. So when we are trying to restore the party, those are the kind of values we're trying to go toward. You don't have to be a Christian to live in those societies. Nobody's forcing you to do that. Back when the country was founded, we didn't have everybody born again Christians. That, that's not how it was. But that's how the government was set up, to have people in positions of power who had those morals. Because when you know that every thought and every motivation inside your heart is known by a living God, you're accountable and you're going to be making better decisions. But when you don't have that relationship, when you don't believe that about God, then you tend to make decisions that are more self-serving and not for the people. I'm holding here in my hand a letter from Fred Cornforth, chair of the Idaho Democrat Party. It's basically a fundraising letter. But I find it interesting, their perspective, right? To say the rise of extremism in Idaho is troubling. I say, Fred, we're trying to restore the nation to its founding principles. You're calling that an extremist view? You're saying this is radical? Janet, you, said, you mentioned Janice McGeehan and Priscilla Giddings, radicals leading the charge? These are people who are trying to restore constitutional government to this state. And then I get a kick out of you saying that this is hilarious here, that you say that, uh, Fred, that the Idaho Freedom Foundation has bought and paid for Republicans in this state. <laughs> this is laughable. I know those guys over there. They do not have the funds to pay politicians. Let me guarantee you that. Fred says that the, the uh, Idaho Freedom Foundation is using the body of government as a test subject for the most fanatical ideas they can think up. You know, maybe kind of like restoring the government to constitutional principles, Fred. Just thinking, just saying. Now, I've never met this Fred guy, but he says that uh, he remembers a different Idaho, one where we all took care of each other and held a deep appreciation for our scholars and teachers and our nurses and physicians and other medical personnel. And hold a deep appreciation for our scholars and teachers and nurses and physicians and medical personnel. 
Um, Fred, you know what? Our medical personnel are lying to us. I mean, we've got Jim Sousa at the uh, St. Luke's Health System who lies to us on a regular basis. Saw him on TV saying that the average time span for a vaccine to get approved was a year. That's an out-and-out lie. Go to Johns Hopkins' website right there. Talk about vaccine approval. Four to six years. That's the short window. And we got Jim Sousa lying to us and telling us it's only a year? And you want to respect that kind of stuff? You have physicians who refuse to look at the data about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin? You're going to have a deep appreciation for people who want to administer drugs that make no difference in the fight against COVID? Remdesivir helps maybe, maybe in the first three days. After that, it's useless. And yet we got people advocating remdesivir. You want to trust and appreciate that kind of work at $3,000 a dose? I don't think so. And so all I got to say about this, I mean, I could read this whole letter, but I'm not going to. Fred Cornforth is trying to raise money for the Democrat Party. There's lots of Democrat activity. There's lots of establishment activity. And there's lots of, like I said, lies coming to us from even the medical community. And what's really sad to me is I'm holding here in my hand also a letter from the Federation of State Medical Boards in cooperation with the American Board of Family Medicine and the American Board of Pediatrics. And they say that they've issued a statement that doctors who provide medical misinformation about COVID-19 vaccines could put their medical certification at risk. I wish these guys would define medical misinformation. So I took it upon myself to call them. They won't tell me. They will not return my calls. I'm asking, I want to know, how do you define misinformation about COVID-19 vaccines? I've talked to several doctors about this and they say that their colleagues are terrified about losing their licenses. So they won't tell you that the vaccine adverse event reporting system now has recorded over 18,000 deaths directly attributable to getting the vaccine. And that that number of deaths is way more than all previous deaths from vaccines combined ever since the VAERS system was established back in the 1990s, I think 1991. And doctors won't even consider that they will yell at you and they will call security if you even bring up ivermectin. And yet we have research after research after research that shows that ivermectin provides great assistance in bringing people off the brink of death if you give it to them and you give it in the right dose for their body weight. And yet doctors won't even consider it. And I, I just can't believe that we have a medical system that is denying truth. And I, uh, can't ha- I can't get a straight answer from these organizations to define for me what defines medical misinformation. We are being lied to. I call upon everybody to do your own research. Stop believing me. Stop believing the talking heads. I, in the show notes down below, I've got links to scientific articles. And I link to articles that provide links to scientific articles. In fact, Glenn Beck just published a two-hour documentary on how our federal government is part owner in the patent for these vaccines, these mRNA vaccines. Yes, and he provides proof for it. And if you wanna see the proof for it, he provides the links. And I've provided a link down below in the show notes. You can go download those articles for yourself and read them. I remember last year when this whole thing started, I was watching a interview with Dr. Francis Collins. He's the director of the National Institutes for Health. It was one of these PBS type interviews. And they were very, you know, it was a love fest. 
And he's talking about how the NIH had partnered with Moderna in developing the patent for the vaccine, for the mRNA vaccine. Think about this for a second. We have the federal government using yours and my tax money to pay for the research of the vaccine. And I say vaccine in quotes because it does not qualify as a vaccine up until they just changed the definition of it two months ago. But they're paying for the research for it. And they pay then for the distribution of it and the injection of it. And they're making all the profits and they're mandating that you get their product while they systematically destroy every other treatment that could help you. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. Nobody's talking about vitamin D. You got Dr. John Campbell over in the UK showing research after research after research that if people have at least 30 uh, milligrams per deciliter of vitamin D in their system, they are much less likely to catch COVID. He's, I, have a, I have a copy. He showed a copy of it. I took a screenshot. I have a screenshot of an email from Anthony Fauci saying that he personally takes 6,000 international units of vitamin D every day. And so I say, you know what, if it's good enough for Fauci, it's good enough for me. 6,000 international units. You have some doctors, oh, you just take 1,000 a day. No, I've got several doctors who tell me you take at least 5,000 a day. We don't get enough sun. You know, Dr. Ryan Cole spoke at the state house at the beginning of this year. And he, you know, was kind of hyperbole, but he said, we really don't have a cold and flu season. We have a low vitamin D season. If you get enough vitamin D in your system, you are much less likely to catch the cold or flu. And the research from John Campbell out of the UK totally backs that up. He is not, he's not doing the research. He's quoting research after research. You can go to YouTube, punch up Dr. John Campbell, vitamin D, watch any of his videos. You will be so informed stuff that our doctors in America should be telling us, but aren't. So do your own research. All those links are in the show notes down below. All right, with that, I'm going to wrap up. Be sure to get your windows cleaned from Tom Lopak at Picture Perfect Window Cleaning. Call him at 208-401-6265. Get your windows cleaned, your screens repaired, your power washing done, your gutters cleaned, and he'll even hang Christmas lights for you. And I thank you very much for tuning in to the new book of Daniel podcast to support this show. You can go to trueidahonews.com slash support and you can find the different levels there. And of course you can get your news just from trueidahonews.com. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is Daniel Bobinski. We'll catch you next time. Until then, be blessed. You've been listening to the True Idaho News Podcast. Unfiltered news and opinion for the citizens of Idaho. Get more true news by visiting trueidahonews.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit trueidahonews.com slash support. Thanks for listening.